When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we start, please check out our new podcast, Good Sleep. Have you ever noticed how a calm mind can really set the stage for a good night's sleep? That's the idea behind our new podcast, Good Sleep. Greg, our host from Optimal Relationships Daily, is here to help ease you into a peaceful night's rest with some positive affirmations. And these affirmations aren't just comforting, they can help ease anxiety and nurture positive thoughts, setting you up for true good sleep. So press play on good sleep tonight because a good tomorrow starts with a good night's sleep. Just search for good sleep in your podcast app and be sure to pick the one from Optimal Living Daily. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2439, The Honest Guide to Mindfulness by Leo Babauta of zenhabits.net. And I'm Justin Mollick. I'm gonna jump right into today's post as we optimize your life. The Honest Guide to Mindfulness by Leo Babauta of zenhabits.net. Mindfulness has amazingly, wonderfully become quite a buzzword in the last decade or so, and for good reason. It's powerful and can help us to become more present, happier, more focused, and much more. However, if you're new to mindfulness, it's easy to get the wrong idea from all the marketing you'll find online. Images of people at complete peace with the world and themselves, full of bliss, simply by sitting still and meditating for a few minutes. They're beautiful images, but they don't tell the whole truth. Mindfulness is powerful, and you should absolutely do it, but you should do it with your eyes wide open, knowing what's up. So here's my attempt at an honest guide to mindfulness. Number one, mindfulness is hard. You can meditate and get antsy, want to get up, want to go do something else, plan your day, dive into your work, answer a few messages, search for some information you're itching to know about. Mindfulness is hard, which is a good reason to do it. Number two, mindfulness is messy. You'll get started with meditation, maybe get on a streak of meditating every day and feel really good about yourself. Then you might fall off, struggle to start again, and feel bad about it. You'll do this for years, perhaps, or maybe you'll meditate regularly but struggle to be mindful throughout the day, especially during certain situations like working online or while you're eating or socializing. You'll get better at being present, but only in spurts and starts, and the learning will be anything but smooth. Mindfulness is messy, just like life, which is the reason to open up to the messiness instead of our usual desire for things to be orderly and neat. We can learn to accept the messiness of life if we practice with it. Number three, mindfulness is uncomfortable. Sitting still and facing the sensations of the present moment can feel boring. It can bring up itches that you just need to scratch right now. Urges to go do something else, to plan and solve and remember will come up because they're the old mental habits and not following those urges can be very uncomfortable. Mindfulness is uncomfortable because it's so rare for us not to indulge in those old mental patterns. But 
That's the very reason it's so powerful. Number four, mindfulness pulls the rug out from under your feet. Let's say you've been practicing meditation for a few months and you think you're getting the hang of it. All of a sudden, everything you think you knew about meditation can be upended as you learn something new or as a new pattern starts to come up. Now you have to adjust to that. After a few months, you might think you know a thing or two and then you read a book or listen to a talk from a teacher and that gets yanked away from you too. Over and over, you get upended and it can be very jarring each time. Number five, mindfulness can be jarring when you get upended. And that's part of the magic too. Feeling like we are on solid ground is an illusion. And learning to deal with the groundlessness of not knowing is an incredible practice. Number six, mindfulness takes a metric ton of practice. You'll suck at meditation or any other mindfulness practice when you first start. You can't do it right or keep your attention on anything for very long. Don't worry, you never really master it. It's all continual practice without ever feeling like you know exactly what you're doing. You practice and practice and then practice some more. You might make some progress only to find out that you still have so much more to learn. It takes a load of practice and that's a beautiful thing to open up to. Number seven, you'll think you're doing it wrong and fail a lot. You'll start out and continually feel like you're doing it wrong and that won't feel very good. The good news is that no one knows what the hell they're doing and it often won't feel very good. The better news is that it's not supposed to feel good and you can learn to accept the idea that you're never very sure of anything. This is what life is always like, but we just usually blame it on the external circumstances or think there's something wrong with us rather than accepting this uncertainty about everything as a basic part of our lives that we can open up to and even love. Number eight, it'll show you all your faults. You'll learn through mindfulness practice that you're not as disciplined as you'd like to be. You're not as tough, competent, skilled, and exceptional. And this will become clear as you practice. You'll come face to face with all of your demons and then you'll make friends with them. Number nine, you'll start to think other people should be more mindful and you'll be wrong. As you start to get better at mindfulness and more and more aware of your habits and patterns and thoughts, as you drop into the present more often, it'll become clear when other people aren't being mindful. And you might think they should be practicing too, that they should put their phones down and be more present. You'll think you know how others should be mindful because you've learned a thing or two. And then you'll realize that judging others and thinking you know how others should behave is just your mind's old pattern of judging and trying to get control. You'll learn to let that go too sometimes. And when you do, that's when you'll become more open to connecting with others vulnerably. And number 10, it requires more than mindfulness. As you practice, you'll find that mindfulness by itself isn't the answer to everything. It doesn't magically solve any problems. It's a powerful practice and can bring wonderful awareness to your life. But sometimes that awareness is of all the terrible things you're feeling and all the harsh thoughts you have about yourself all the harsh thoughts you have about other people or the world around you. Awareness doesn't always feel good and it doesn't solve everything. Mindfulness is only part of the work. The work also requires compassion for yourself and others. It requires vulnerability and the ability to open your heart. 
It requires honesty and the willingness to face things. It requires being willing to love things as they are without needing to control things. It requires letting go of what you think things should be like, letting go of what you think you should have or shouldn't have. The work requires you to be willing to be curious, to be open, to remain in not knowing. It is beautiful work and requires courage. I'm learning along with you and I'm glad to be on this journey with a fellow explorer. You just listened to the post titled The Honest Guide to Mindfulness by Leo Babauta of zenhabits.net. Thank you to Leo for this post and what I found to be an incredibly accurate guide to mindfulness. By the way, if you just started listening to this podcast this week, we're on a bit of a mindfulness, breathing, and meditation tangent. Normally, I cover a lot of different areas like inspiration, happiness, motivation, productivity, all that fun stuff. But it just so happened that a bunch of mindfulness-related articles came into view unplanned. But anyway, back to the post. Mindfulness really is difficult and messy, and that's no exaggeration. At times, I really do think it can be stress-inducing, even anger-inducing. You might have seen a TV show or a comedy, some kind of situation where they make fun of things like meditation or yoga because they'll be doing it and one little bird chirping in the background can derail what you thought to be an amazing practice. And really, that is all part of the experience. Anyone who meditates has to go through the process of realizing just how messy and difficult it really is and that there's no perfect scenario for that environment. Now, I do think that meditation instruction, even including meditation apps, can help with this. They can make the process a lot more smooth, but still not easy. And none of this is said to scare anyone off of trying to be more mindful, but rather to know that you're not alone. And if you've started a mindfulness practice, you are already way ahead of the curve. So keep it up. Or if you've never tried it, well, after hearing this one, maybe you don't want to, but I'd say with all the science out there, it's definitely worth a shot. All right, I'll leave it there for today. I think that's gonna conclude our mindfulness and meditation tangent this week, well, at least for now. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.